0: Hello, uh, it's Wojciech again. Uh, it's been a very short a year and a half where we didn't get to rec- record and, pu- and publish any new podcast, but we're back. And yeah, sorry about that. We're just going to pretend that it never happened. And here we are. We are. Uh, and I'm here with my colleague Ukash, who's uh, here with me in person, in one spot, which is very unusual for us being a remote co- company and I wanted to use this opportunity to talk, talk with him about normalizing state in your Redux or React Native application.
1: Hello, Kash, Great to see you. Hello, Wojtek. I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to share my experiences in regards to data normalization.
0: Awesome. We are in a small village and there's some construction in the background, so sorry about the noise. but. It's a very good opportunity for us to talk in person, so we took it, and if the audio quality is not going to be up to your standards, we're really sorry about it. promise next time it's going to be better. Okay, so, normalization. Uh, Ukash, why don't you fill us in? What is it? Uh,
1: So, basically, normalization is just a concept Stemming from databases where you just try to keep information in exactly one place. So there's no duplication of the entries. You just reference it. And it just allows to keep
0: like a
1: simple database structure.
0: If I get you right, a good example for it would be we. Ha- We have a database that represents a blog and the blog has many blog posts in it, like so we would store this information. Every blog post has an author because we can imagine I'm writing this blog of other people and every blog post has a comment and the comment itself has an author. And we could keep it, of course, as a nested structure where this tree goes uh, a couple levels deep. But we could also make it a flat structure where we have a different table for authors, different table for comments, different table for blog posts. And then if we have a very passionate reader who wrote a thousand comment on our blog on different uh, posts, we would only store their name once in one place. He would be in the author table, uh, identified with some ID and each of his comments would have the author ID set to this ID, and if we wanted to add tags to the author or something, it will all be done in just one place. Do I get it right?
1: Yes, exactly. That's the the whole idea. The name of the game is simplicity, so whatever details you have on the author, you don't need to pass it all the time. You just reach for that data whenever necessary, but you reference the author by his unique ID.
0: Okay, that sounds great, but we're talking about like backend stuff here, databases. So what does that have to do with my mobile app in React Native? Uh, yeah, so when you take
1: that example to the React Native world or React world or front-end world itself, you very often use Redux state for managing the state. And when you look at it that way, a Redux state at the end of the day is just a local database.
0: Okay, fair point. But when I'm building my app, I'm using APIs that come from the backend. Sometimes uh, you work in a team where you control the backend. Sometimes it's a different team and it's very hard to change the format of the data. And a lot of times you get deeply nested responses, like you ask for an array of products and uh, every product would have like a producer of it, like a brand that makes it and some other like nested nested info. Does it mean that every time I get the response from the API, I have to uh, parse it through some kind of custom parser that would extract this data in a different format?
1: Uh, actually, there's a tool for it. Um, it's called Normalizer with a little twist. <laughs> it's
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The twist is the startup name where you drop the e at the uh, uh, at the end, right? So it's Normalizer, Normalizer.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like an utility that has been created by infamous Dan Abramov, and um, this is the go to tool so you don't have to develop your own ways to normalize it, just have a schemas that you can reuse across the
0: app. And a bunch of helpers to help massage your data into, into the correct format. Yeah, well said, but later on <laughs> like yeah. more on that later on. Cool. Uh, before we go into the depth of talking about the tools, I always like to think of new programming techniques before you introduce them into the code base. How is not important, but why is very important. So why would we want to change our Redux state that we can just like copy paste from the backend response and have a nice structure in our Redux. It works for many people. What would be the point of uh, trying to uh, reinvent the wheel there?
1: Uh, yeah, so let me preface it with um, saying that you don't always have to normalize the data that comes from the backend. There are some cases when that is not actually necessary, but whenever it comes down to updating the state, it's always better to have it normalized because it provides a flat data structure so you don't have to worry about changing the 10th element of a list. You just um, do the update
0: on the normalized data that is a dictionary. So let me switch our example here because the the blog post was a good example, but for the backend and databases, let's do something more front-end related. There is a big e-commerce application that we're working on. So let's talk about like products, wishlist, brands, stuff like this. The same product in the Redux state for our app can appear in multiple contexts. So for example, you could put it on a wishlist, you can have it in a past order, you could have it uh, in suggested uh, section or search results, multiple places. And if uh, for some reason you would like to change that, uh, it's no longer disp- uh, available, then if you, would ha- if you didn't have a normalized state, you'd have to go through all those contexts and upgrade all the instances of your products that you have in, the, in your state. But if you have it normalized, you just go into one place and all the components that fetch it by ID uh, would get it from the single source of truth, right? That would be a big benefit when updating.
1: Actually, this is like an extreme case when it could happen, but yeah, th- this is like a perfect world where all of the models for given product from every other endpoint are the same. Uh, but yeah, the the idea is that you have like it's I would call it a centralized
0: Redux store. Yeah, you have a, you have a good point that in the multiple contexts those products would look a bit different. That's that's fair because in the in your past orders this product would have a price that you paid for it, for example, a year ago, and as we know of the inflation soaring high, uh, this product might have a completely different price right now. Maybe with a simpler example, a brand, a producer of the product, the brands wouldn't change that much. Like you could have it referenced in one, uh, one place. And if, for example, they, you update the logo image, you wouldn't have to like update the URL everywhere. I think the side effect that I'm seeing here is that the size of your Redux state will be smaller, right? Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely the case.
1: Whenever you would have that information in multiple places, that would bloat your uh, size of the star. And in that way, it's only one place. So if, rather than keeping that information in five different slices, those slices would just contain a reference to it, which is like a string and all of the data for it would be persisted elsewhere, and it
0: would be done only once. Let me hit one more aspect of the updating the data. So in the Redux world, and I think we'll be talking here mostly about Redux, because that's what we usually use for most our products. And I think that the ho- all the concepts are completely translatable to MobX or any other state management. So if you're using something else, I'm sure you can fairly easy uh, Uh, see how it would fit your state management framework. So, in the Redux world, the de facto standard is using the Redux toolkit and its helper methods. How does it work with Normalizer? Is there some kind of support that we get from it? Normalizer
1: produces a certain type of data structure and the further we use that data, we need a particular way of of retrieving it so with Redux Toolkit, we get a bunch of helpers for updating the state that is matching the normalize normalized signature and a bunch of selectors for retrieving that data in uh in an easy fashion.
0: So what we have now the reasons why we would want to use it is the flat data structure where it's easy to make atomic updates of your data that you just update one place and it's reflected basically everywhere and it's easier than managing nested objects in Redux, right? Well, what's next? This is just
1: uh, the basics. So when we're talking about uh, the data structure aspect of it, but there's also a bunch of benefits when it comes to performance of the app when it includes that particular uh, structure. For instance, um, we managed to avoid a lot of re-rendering. If we have a list of elements, then uh, it's just better to use normalized data, because when you make an update to a single entity, only that one particular entity
0: will be rendered rather than the whole thing. Yeah, that's true. I think it's a common error where when rendering an item of a list with normalize you would pass just the ID and the ID very rarely changes. And then the list element component would fetch its own data from the Redux state and decide whether it wants to re-render. And this way, we can be fairly sure that it's just one list element that re-renders when it has to. When it when it has to, however, it's very common when you use this pattern when you pass the whole data object. We've seen it very often that uh, it's it's easy to walk into a trap where basically all your objects in the in the list would re-render when some kind of change happens to the parent or to one of them and uh, if you have a big list, like if it, you have a list that it's expensive to render, it can be a big issue. But even if you, do, if it's not really a big issue and it's just barely visible, it's, it still like drains the battery of the phone and uh, uses unnecessary CPU cycles and it can become a problem in the future. So I think it's just safer to be passing the reference.
1: Yeah, but li- like I said before, it's like, <laughs> like normalizing is it's not a a, a means to every end. In case of smaller lists or lists that don't have any updates, I don't think it's necessary. So you need to always know know your tools and know when to use them.
0: We also have a particular angle of looking at this because most of the applications that we work on in Brains and Beards, they are bigger, usually legacy apps where uh, you can easily get bogged down into huge uh, data stores and if you're just starting on a new app and the state is still small it might be just uh, better to choose whatever you're comfortable with and we very often look through the lens of uh, how do we keep it maintainable and personally for me it's much easier to read a st- state that is normalized to uh, figure out where, where the data is and it definitely it's much easier to update than trying to track down all the instances in the nested state when, when something uh, can reside. Also, with this list example, you could argue that if you all, always pass a ref, id as a reference uh, and each list component will fetch its own data from Redux, well, would it be too slow because so many like getting fetches from the Redux state, maybe it's better to fetch it once and pass it as props. Maybe it is faster and then nothing stops you from from doing that. Even if your state is uh, normalized, you can still do one big selector, fetch it once and pass it along. It does not really uh, lock you out in any way from from using this pattern. If it works for you, well, all the power to you, right?
1: Yeah. Also, I like to think of it that way. If, if you have a list, ju- just a simple rule of thumb, if you have a list that is going to be updated or like a nested lists, like a list inside of an object in a list, then yeah, normalizing is a way to go. But if it's just something that's not going to change, just a simple list, you you don't necessarily need to normalize it.
0: Yeah, true. I think it's a case-by-case decision on different slices, right? Yeah. We talked about the why. Let's go a bit deeper into the how. And I think you have like a couple of examples of like either gotchas or tips and tricks that uh, you might want to pay attention or know about when, when using normalizer. Can you walk us through it?
1: Yeah. A common use case is, at least in our example, where we want to just change the keys of, of the objects, for instance, from the snake case to the camel case or whatnot, or we don't really like the names that come from the back end. <laughs> yeah, that's my personal
0: pet peeve. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's um, process strategy this is like one of the settings for the uh, schema which allows you to change the uh, data data however you like it and i strongly advise to just look into the normalizer documentation even though it's not maintained anymore it's still up to date and um I'm pretty sure they cover like almost 100% of all of the use cases
0: yeah you touched on an important disclaimer that we should make that uh, when you look at the normalizer repository you can see that it's read-only because it's no longer maintained we mentioned that the project was originally created by dan abramov which is the case uh, it's been uh, recently maintained by paul armstrong and Apparently, he cannot maintain it anymore, and it's uh, uh, absolutely not his uh, fault. I think it's a bigger problem in the open source, how unsustainable the whole ecosystem is. So if you would like to make some changes, instead of uh, bothering the maintainers, you would have to do it yourself. However, we, uh, as in our team, we're not afraid to use normalizer in our project because it's been stable for us for years, and uh, we're happy with it and it's uh it's got over
1: 250k downloads
0: Ah, every week so So if something goes down like we're not the only ones with the problem but also it's this kind of lower level plumbing that is uh totally separate from the react native framework so it's hard for me to imagine a change in React Native that would suddenly like break the work- way we work with normalizer like it's... I don't really expect this to, to cause problems for us.
1: Yeah, me too. And uh, there has not been a time where I had a particular use case that would not be covered. It, I would just need to investigate a little bit more time in it, but so far it was able to fill all of my needs. So as as far as like process strategy goes and other features uh, everything works perfectly
0: okay i'm glad you say that because i have a tricky question for you so (laughs) let's imagine a situation we have our e-commerce application and we have products right and the products have an id and we have multiple wish lists for a user. Like they can have a wish list for Christmas and a wish list for Easter and then a wish list for Black Friday. And they like to keep their wishes separate, right? And they know that for Easter, they would buy, I don't know, three items of a particular product and for Christmas, they would buy 10 of them. But it's the same product. So it's the same product ID. And if you try to normalize it, I know. When the wish list has a reference to a product, it would have a reference to a particular product ID. So they would ultimately reference the same object. How do we go walk around the fact that they, like if we have different quantities, they shouldn't be referencing the same thing. All right. um, yeah, so um,
1: actually there are multiple uh, ways to handle that case. There's a way provided by normalizer to reconcile which ID, in this case, would be overridden by which one, so which one would be in the database ultimately. But you can also solve it uh, yourself by just um, creating unique ID by combining the the wishlist ID and the product ID, and thus creating a, a slug that is unique. And although it will make, in this case, two separate entries for that, at least they will be unique and you'll know that they're separate uh, entities.
0: Okay, so we would have a custom ID for kind of for like each which wish list and which would in the end reference uh, product ID and keep the quantity in our like some kind of custom object. Yeah. One more question. Uh, I don't know if I'm just picking on normalizer here or is it a real issue, but it sounds to me you would be creating a lot of Custom selectors to to get the state back into the nested structure that you would actually use in your components
1: as I was saying, like there's a reoccurring pattern uh, where whatever data you normalize usually comes in the same format and then retrieving certain parts of the slice will will force you to create the same selectors for picking slices by ID. And it's um, just tedious work and you have to do it all over again. But luckily the, the Redux toolkit provides some utils for multiple use cases. And in, in this case, you can select the, the slice of whatever you want, the, the products or the entities by ID. It also provides selectors for actually combining the, the IDs into full lists just as they were before normalizing and updating the store and the dispatches with built-in methods that create the state for you and update it in a predictable way.
0: That sounds great. Is there something bad about normalizing? Uh, It all sounds a bit uh, too good to be true. It comes with a bit of an overhead because
1: the schemas could be scary at first like yeah. and the the whole um, concept it's like mixing like the the backend world into the front-end one and I think it's scary for some for some people it takes a while to familiarize familiarize yourself with the idea but truthfully this is something I've um, I've come across like five years ago and I I knew of the benefits of normalizing, but I never actually uh, managed to force myself to work with it. Unless it was imposed on me. So I was kind of forced to work with normalized data. And as soon as I've gathered some experience with it, I've came to appreciate it and I, I see the benefits and I I think there's like this uh This process that you have to go through to familiarize yourself with an idea because otherwise it's it just seems like you know it's good but you don't think it's worth the complexity it uh it comes with
0: yeah i think you touched on the important thing here that uh it is a significant uh well maybe not significant but it is an investment on the side on the side of the team like everybody Every developer on the team has to embrace it and be be okay working with it. And it does take an application of a certain size or certain complexity to be able to see the benefits. But probably once you do and you're sold and you get used to this way of working, it's fairly easy to port it to other apps where it is not yet necessary, but it's already useful.
1: Yeah, it's really important to be aware that you, you can introduce a tool like that step-by-step, step. so you don't have to format the whole app in one go. You can just start with the new API response that you receive that is uh, nested, contains arrays, and uh, understanding it gives you kind of a headache so you can just go with a small slice and see the benefits for yourselves.
0: Sounds like a great note to end on. We, we would definitely encourage you and your team to look into it, at least give it a shot. Maybe you don't know it yet, but maybe you're already at the size where it could bring you significant benefits in your your daily work. Other than that, I wanted to mentioned that this podcast is sponsored by Brains and Beards, where we use React Native to help companies build their mobile applications better and faster. That's what we do with Lukas on a day-to-day basis. Other than that, I would like to thank you, Lukas, for joining us here. It was a great discussion. I really enjoyed talking about normalization with you. I think it was very illuminating. And I wanted to thank you, the listener, who took time in your busy life to listen to us. And I hope it has been useful. We try always to make sure that what we share is not obvious and actionable for the problems you're trying to solve in in React Native. Any last words, Lukasz, on your first podcast, first of many?
1: Thanks for having me and um, see you around.
0: Yeah, see you around. Happy hacking. Thank
1: you for listening to the episode. Please subscribe if you haven't yet. And if you like our show, consider sharing it with your friends. You will find notes to this episode on our page, brainsandbeards.com podcast, where you can as well give us feedback or suggest a topic for the future episodes. We would be very happy hearing back from you. Stay safe and curious. Till the next one. Bye.